Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome into Five on the Floor Live here on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. This will also be going to the Five Reason podcast feeds where you can find us on Red Circle as well as Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons here. I want to get to one of the sponsors before we start, and then we'll get to tonight's result, which is a heat loss. They lose and drop to four and six on the season, falling in Indiana as Tyler Hero misses a shot. At the buzzer, we are sponsored, as always, by our friend Lynette. You can find her at insurancebylynette.com. That's two N's and two T's for A-aggressive insurance. It's A-aggressive insurance. Lynette's going to take care of you for whether it's your life insurance, uh, any kind of insurance, basically, your life insurance, your rental insurance, uh, and also, of course, your car insurance. I can tell you that I've sent people to her who I did not think could actually get driver's licenses, and they were able to do it through Lynette. She just does a great job there. Go to insurancebylynette.com. She's based kind of in the Lauderdale Hill area, but she services all of South Florida, and she's a big fan of everything that we do, and you can find her often uh, commenting on our stream. So go to insurancebylynette.com. There's the phone number, 954-581-8800. All right, here's today's floor plan. As you can see, I've got, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow me at Greg Sylvander. I've got Brady Hawk. Follow Brady Hawk 305. Congratulations to our guy Alex Salido, who's now working uh, on the weekends at WSVN Channel 7, but he's still going to be with us, still producing, still appearing, but he may miss some of these episodes here on the weekend. We will get to the comments. Mandy Chang is producing, and we'll get to all of them as we go. But I, I want to go through a few things here tonight, okay? The, the first thing is uh, the Heat didn't get to 100 points against the team uh, that came in uh, in the bottom five in pretty much every single defensive category. And largely that was because they just didn't shoot the ball well enough. Um, they had looks, and we're going to talk about those looks, uh, you know, particularly in the first half. They just weren't going down. Lowry and Robinson were building brick houses. Um, they really were only getting production, and this is why the hero thing is a little complicated tonight because they're really, all without Jimmy, they're really only getting production from Hero, uh, from Struess, uh, Bam in moments, Vincent in moments. I thought I thought Martin played pretty well, but uh, nothing from Lowry or, or Robinson tonight. Was Robinson finished 0 for 6? Was that what he ended up with? And some of those looks were kind of game-changing type looks, it, it turned out. The Heat kept getting close, kept getting close in the second half, uh, but they dug themselves too deep a hole again with a mixed shooting. So, with a missed shooting. So that's kind of the first thing. Uh, but, but the other thing that I kind of want to get to, and I know we're going to talk about it, is, again, at the end of games, okay, we just did an episode. Is How are Hero and Butler going to work together at the end of games? Now, no Jimmy tonight. I just feel like they could have done something better than they did with, what was it, 7.6 seconds left. And Tyler essentially in an ISO situation way up at the top with a fall away. Uh, let's, let's get – I'm ready. I'm going to go to you first tonight on that. Let's just diagram kind of the final play. Because, again, the missed shots and all the rest of the stuff, the fact that they, they didn't, you know – didn't score the way they should have against this team. The fact that they seemed to sleepwalk at times in the first half, none of that matters 
if they execute the last play and at the very least send it to overtime. And they had the opportunities to do that, especially with Gabe Vincent kind of stealing a jump ball. They, they got a bunch of things mm-hmm. broke their way late. What happened on that last play? Because that, that can't be the design. Yeah, it was interesting because we kept talking about late game offense and the fact that they ran the same play in back-to-back games in crunch time. So I was into at the fact, I was like, do we see it a third time? Like, but my reason I wasn't he- like I was hesitant on that specifically is because in the first two games, they're trying to hunt for a matchup. In this game, I didn't think they were trying to hunt for a specific matchup on the floor. It was just trying to get a decent shot. So I was like, they're probably not going to go for that look. But if you want the ball in the hands of uh, Tyler Hero, I would think with 7.6 seconds left, you give him a screen. Because I, I even before that point in the fourth quarter, uh, all throughout that game, it, he was having trouble uh, in, in terms of just kind of turnovers at that point and stuff. When he was trying to get isolation, Bam was kind of running over for screens, and that was when he would get going. Uh, but it would just felt like... When there's three to four seconds left, it's like, okay, if you want to force up that shot in isolation, go ahead. When there's 7.6 seconds left and you get a screen, if they send two at Tyler Hero, there's time to throw the pocket pass to Bam. And if that's not there, you probably have time for one more skip to the corner if that person helps down. So that's kind of where my thought process was that I was like, you just saw what worked the entire game and we have this conversation all the time. Hero, Bam, pick and rolls. <laughs> like, why not go to it in, the, in down the stretch at that point? So that was kind of where I came down. And I think going for the win, once again, like even – uh, I hate to bring it up, but like we had this discussion after Game Seven East Conference Finals. Like, I don't have a problem going for the kill at any point in games like that, uh, especially in this game. Like, this game was totally in the mud. Like, it was th- it, this was like one of the worst games I've watched. Like, I'm gonna be completely honest. Like, it was an ugly game. Like, calls, travels, foul calls, everything. Uh, so the fact that they were able to do that and, and just try to take a three is not my problem with it, but it was just kind of the look they got just felt more problematic. Well, I felt like no matter what they call that building, whether it's Banker's Life or Conseco Fieldhouse or whatever the heck it is now, all the games there have always been in the mud. <laughs> like They have. It, it, right? It just, it just feels like that. We, Greg, you and I talked about it. I mean, they never sweep up there. Uh, no matter who's who's there, they never win two in a row. And, but this one was there. That's the thing. That's the first, And I was just talking about the end, but I, I, I thought their process in the first half was good. It's just the results weren't good. And we've talked about this. Like when, when Lowry and Robinson were starting together last year, when those two – and they don't have the same roles because Robinson doesn't have the same role, but without Jimmy, he has a role. When, when they shot the ball well last year, they always won. <laughs> and, when, when, and they were one of, one of 16 tonight. Um, and, and this thing with Kyle, and I know people are going to get on me because I, didn't, I wasn't uh, really participating in the process here the other night, and Kyle had a big game. So it was going to be like, oh, I didn't – I, you know, I didn't, you know, I either wasn't around to praise Kyle on a good night, but there's just too many of these nights. Like, I mean, you don't have Jimmy. He needs to be better than that. And I've been a big Duncan defender because of some of the other things that he's added to his game and he's given them good minutes, but he's a three point specialist who goes over six or three. And at least four of those looks, I'll rewatch them, but at least four of those looks were wide, wide open. So I, I don't know. People are saying the Heat deserve to lose tonight. I, I I thought they actually got better shots than Indiana through the course of the game. Their guys just didn't make them. Yeah. I mean, 28% from three is never going to be a recipe for success with Miami. But I think this is the bigger number to me. And the last play uh, really has the explanatory power that we need to kind of show how it manifested throughout the game compared to their two recent victories. And, and it comes down to this, like you see in that timeout that Spo huddles with Kyle before he addresses the bench. And then, so like he's picking Kyle's brain about like the last play. Right. And then they, they, 
they huddle up. Kyle, they they drop the play. They go out there, and then Tyler does an ISO. You know, we all saw what it looked like. Look at the assist numbers. Miami had 17 assists tonight. Against Golden State, they had 32 assists. Against Sacramento, they had 28 assists. Tonight, 17 assists. So to me, it was a game where they could have absolutely uh, stole this one because Indiana is really not that good, frankly. Like, let's just be honest. They have a lot of good young talent, and I'm intrigued by them. And the way that that team works, they're going to be around and they're going to be pesky for a while. Um, But... This is a game they could have absolutely had, but there was too much of, I don't know. I I wouldn't say ball stopping. That's not the right word for it, but just in terms of really getting that thing zipping around and and making an Indiana team that's already deficient on defense get more confused and challenge them a little bit more. I just feel like that that was missing tonight overall. Yeah, I like the Pacers' young talent, but you're right. I mean, there's there's not a collective there yet. This is a game Miami should win. Okay, I mean, I, I, Matherin's going to be great. I mean, he already, he already yeah. looks great, and we know what Halliburton is. And you know, I called healed in Prize Picks over seventeen and a half or eighteen and a half, and I think he went over that in the second midway through the second quarter. They have some scoring ability, but Miami held them to one on one. I mean, that that's not that wasn't a huge issue tonight. It's just that they they couldn't shoot. Let's go back to the Tyler conversation here. And then Manny, um, after the break, we'll throw up some of these comments and we'll react to them. But when we talk about uh, ball stopping, okay, and the assist numbers being down, well, even though he puts up assists, Jimmy gets blamed a lot for ball stopping, right? That, that, that sometimes there's not as much flow when Jimmy's in. There's a little bit more movement. Well, you don't have that excuse tonight. And it, it, it did feel like it was a little bit of, I don't know, kind of pick your poison here because you needed Tyler's scoring, but also when the ball's in Tyler's hands a lot, sometimes it doesn't move, right, uh, Brady? And, and that kind of manifested itself on the last play. Yeah, I don't know. It, it felt like there was a large uh, – Greg was saying about he didn't know if he would say the word ball stopping, but I'll say it. Like there, I felt like there was a lot of ball stopping in this game, Like especially just there were certain pockets. Like they opened this game up early in the first quarter, and I was sitting there saying, I was like, the, the movement's great. Like they were moving the ball. They were running like post splits for Bam. Uh, the ball was moving. They kept getting two feet in the paint. And then all of a sudden, like six minutes into the game, that all stopped. Like, and it was just from that point on, it was just clunky the rest of the way. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't blame Tyler in that way because he was the one guy that was kind of getting them out of those spurts. Uh, and I thought he was moving the ball well. Like, I don't think he was part of the problem of, of the ball kind of stopping. But it's just hard to continue to have like consistent ball movement when you're getting great, like you were saying, great looks over and over. And you're just not hitting it. Like you said, you said Duncan maybe four. I would probably go over on that on prize picks that I think he probably had over four wide open looks because it felt like every one of them was just like a really good shot for him. Even Gabe in the first half had some really good looks that didn't go in. Lowry's looks were good. Like they were getting decent looks. And other than probably Tyler, Max, uh, and Bam, other than those three, they just weren't getting them. So uh, the Jimmy thing is, is definitely interesting because you probably would expect that to be the case because you're leaning, we keep saying the, this phrase all the time, but leaning offense in a game without Jimmy because you're rolling out lineups that are more just scoring. They have more scoring. They had the Tyler uh, Max Duncan lineup out there a lot, which scares people. Like it scares me because I don't know how you're supposed to defend in that for large pockets of the game unless you go 2 3 zone, which they did, which I thought did a good job. And like you said before, guys like Halliburton and these other guys just hit just deep threes. And I don't know what you do with that because they're just hitting good shots. But uh, you can't just score that many points in a game like this, especially when those young guys are going off and expect to win. Uh, and I know, like we're going to say, we're going to sit here and talk about that final shot, but there was just so many more problems than that final shot in this game. 
that I think need to be highlighted. Well, Gabe, I mean, you mentioned Gabe, and I thought he gave them some good minutes. He also completely airballed an open three from the corner. I mean, it's it's pretty much everybody had those moments. All right, the Super Chat comments we get to right away. So, Manny, throw those up as we see them. We'll get to some of the other comments after the break. Uh, well, let's start with this one. Uh, it's comes from Guy Productions. Either what happened to Spose final play calling used to be creative with Big Three. Now it's just Jimmy or Tyler Iso at the top of the key. Well, we discussed this yesterday because they ran the same play two straight games with the exact same uh, screening action, with the exact same personnel, with the exception of Tyler and from Jimmy, and they made both shots. And nobody's complaining that there was no creativity in those situations, right? But this has been an issue, and it was an issue during the Big Three era too, okay? The, 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 the thing that happened in the Big Three era that got them out of it was that they had two guys in LeBron and Dwayne who could kind of dig them out of those situations. And then we remember when they were not doing it, Chris Bosh made a hell of a lot of late uh, big shot. Bosh made a lot of those shots, especially when Jimmy, when Dwayne and, and LeBron were not playing, whether it was in Portland or in Atlanta or in San Antonio, people remember those games, right? We don't have as many of those guys to create. You don't have as many of those options. Tyler needs a screen. We've discussed this. Okay. He's not going to blow by anybody. Kyle needs like six screens, okay, to get anywhere, right? I mean, let's just again be honest. And a running start. And a running start from from uh, two thousand and and uh, thirteen. Uh, so, uh, you know, they don't have as many options to go to there. But even during the big three era, or right after it, is kind of where the late game play calling, in my view, sort of fell apart because it became Dwayne Isos and fallaway jumpers, you know, two point jumpers from twenty one feet. Um, because and and suppose saying I'll live or die with Dwayne at the end of the game, even though Dwayne wasn't Dwayne at that point. And, and I, I don't feel necessarily that the late game play calling has been a strength of Eric's. Uh, he has many, many strengths. I don't think it's his primary strength. I don't. But also it just comes down to what the players do in those situations, right? It's what they do with the call. And you mentioned it. I don't think that the call was for Tyler to just freelance on his own and chuck something up from 28 feet. I just, I don't believe no. that. But Spoh's not going to say that publicly. Of he's not going to so. say that. He's not, no. not going to say it. Tyler might say it. Tyler might say it. Okay, He might own up to it. But I'm with you. The, to me, the play call there was what Brady talked about. The play call was should have been Tyler, bam, pick and roll. That's it. Because And here's the other thing. Did the Heat miss a free throw tonight? They did not, right? Nope. That's the reason they that stayed in the continues, you know? Right. And, and, and Indiana missed five free throws in the fourth quarter. Okay, or six, actually, because they missed five before Halliburton missed one of the late ones. So, I mean, in that situation, you run a you run a Bam Tyler pick and roll. What's the worst that's going to happen there? Bam gets fouled on a roll. Yeah. You, do you trust Bam to make the final two free throws? Because the way he was shooting, for, I do. Yeah. To, to, to play devil's advocate, though, I think the worst possible thing is they send two at Tyler and it's a turnover. Like, that would be my, mm-hmm. my worst outcome because he just has to make that pass. And I think he's improved in that area after what we saw last season. But. I think that's the worry there, I guess. But I'm still banking on that more than anything we just saw. And I mean, put Tyler in that position because, truthfully, I think the Heat need to see him make mm-hmm. those decisions and go through some of that. And so, like, this is part of that process. And, um, he, you know, he elected to take the shot. But, I mean, the rebounding battle, equal. Turnover battle, equal. The Pacers made six more field goals. And that's essentially where this where this game was um, – you know, won or lost, it's essentially right there. Uh, it's just interesting. I think Tyler, um, he he tends to make the right play. I just think tonight he could have likely been more aggressive getting to the basket. 
I think that's fair. Let me let me ask you one question, and then I'm going to introduce another sponsor. We're going to get to the comments. In that situation at the end of the game, who would you rather have taken the shot, Struce or Hero? Just think about that. We're going to talk about that after the break. Do want to tell you about another sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network? This is a new one here, but this is we do this every single show now, and we're going to give the topic for it today. And it's called ODM Performance Solutions. It's ODM Performance Solutions. You can find them at ODM psi.com that's odmpsi.com this is a consulting firm you know team building is hard is hard just ask the brooklyn nets right now odm performance solutions can help you build a winning team and keep it together if you're looking to fill an important role in your company odm performance solutions can help you find c-suite level leadership sales rainmakers plus management and operational support staff to find out more check out odmpsi that's odmpsi.com or give them a call the phone number is 954 954- Four three four zero six three four. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, the performance solution of the game here tonight, uh, in my view, I'm going to go back to the point guard. And I, I, I know that everybody's going to say that I'm picking on Kyle here because I missed his really good game. But again, we're talking about the end of game situations. And Greg, you're talking about Spo going to Kyle, but Kyle's not a factor in those situations, right? Like we're not even, and, and again, if you have a $28 million point guard, you would think he would be a factor in more of these situations. And I'm not saying he should have been tonight because of the way he shot the ball, but this is kind of my my frustration is that they've got a $28 million point guard and they're getting $12 million play. Yeah, well, he was the inbounder, so he did have some part of the play, but I, I, I understand what you're saying. So it was Dane think- Battier during the, during the Big Three era and they weren't paying him $28 million, but that's a whole other issue. No, but – and so to lean into your point, like – I would expect that you would want Kyle amongst the action because he should be somebody who can uh, on a broken play, make a shot because he's a, you know, consummate professional that's been doing that in high leverage situations before. So I agree with you. 
to just use him as an inbounder appears to be a little bit like underutilizing. But here's the other part of this, like Gabe Vincent continues to look really, really good. And with his ability to play defense, the shooting continues to be strong. He's getting steals, playing big minutes. Spo is trusting him to play entire fourth quarters in, in I think this is three games in a row that he played the entire fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Keep me honest, our viewers and listeners. Um, so I do think that that's just an interesting thing to continue to watch because they have to make decisions on Max Struess and Gabe Vincent this summer. And the more and more you watch this team, I don't know that those are two guys you necessarily want to lose long-term. So that's a conversation for another day. But the performance solution, more Gabe Vincent for me. I'm with you on that. But here's the thing with that, Brady, and then we're going to start throwing the comments up, is that Gabe – we used to talk about Tyler playing the whole fourth quarter, right? Well, now you got Gabe playing the whole fourth quarter lately. And you know he likes – he went through a stretch last year where Max played every minute of every fourth quarter for like two, a month or two. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of guys that supposed to trust in those situations. And to be honest with you, I am getting to the point where there are some times where I would play Gabe and Max with Tyler, with Bam, with Jimmy, which means Kyle is on the bench. Is that crazy? I definitely don't think it's crazy. I think it's hard to say from – Eric Spolster's perspective, because I just cannot see consistently him going to Gabe over Kyle with, you know, in crunch time. Like, I just don't really see that happening. Should it happen? I think it should depend on the game because like in the Kings game the other night, Kyle should have been closing in this game. You probably should have leaned Gabe if Jimmy was playing because both of them need to be on the floor tonight without Jimmy. Uh, So you're basically picking between the two, because I think obviously you have Jimmy Tyler, bam. I think Max needs to be on the floor with the way he's looking. You hinted at, you know, them needing contracts and Gabe playing well. Like, Max is playing at an incredible level right now that his – we use the word gravity all the time. Late in games, you need that on the floor. So those are the four that are going to be on the floor. Uh, and then we move on to five on the floor here, and you got to pick between Gabe and Kyle. Like, that's kind of what the point you get at. And we were having this discussion yesterday, and we, I was kind of hinting at – basically, I think Gabe's the odd man out, but it's like on nights like this, uh, it, gets a little, it gets a little different. But I think where it comes down to is, like, if you have Jimmy and Tyler both playing, like, if it's not like one of these last two games – Gabe at times could make more sense because you need the less ball dominant guy. It makes more sense in that way that defends at a high level and pressures the ball. Like if we're talking straight on paper, it probably wouldn't make more sense. So I don't think it's crazy to say, will it happen? I kind of doubt it. (laughs) I think the only way it happens is if Kyle takes a couple nights off and Gabe kind of asserts himself in that role. And even then it's going to be challenging. All right, Manny's going to put up some of the comments here. We're going to react to them we appreciate everybody joining us i do want to mention uh, of course our sponsor for fantasy which is prize picks use the code five five here we go from manuel why call timeout to run the worst possible play just run pick and roll with bam and see what happens i, I i'm not so sure that wasn't the plan i w- i'm curious to see what eric actually says about this but i i don't think it was just you know tyler iso and you know take a shot from 28 feet you know falling away at the buzzer. I, I doubt that was the initial plan, but something did not occur there that should have. Yes, Brady. It, it, no, Greg mentioned before him being in Kyle's ear before that play. I saw him like right before the play happened in Bam's ear. Like he was sitting there at Bam yep. next to him. As they walked out. And, yep. Right. So it's like not, it's not all the time meaning that ball, the ball's going to him in that spot just because he's talking to him. But you think he'd be a little bit more involved in the play if he's sitting there giving him a dialogue on the final play. So that's where 
it gets a little weird for me that it was just Bam sitting in the dunker spot in the last play of the game. I, I wonder if Bam missed the assignment, which doesn't typically happen with him a whole lot. All right, Manny, throw the next ones up. Uh, this comes from Jay Smith. Guys didn't show up. They were lacking effort tonight. That's unacceptable, especially in a winnable game. I will say this, and I've said this before, okay? This team has talent, but it doesn't have overwhelming talent, okay? Particularly when you don't have Jimmy. And I do feel that this year they have sleptwalked too often. They, they've acted like an entitled team. And when that happens in Heat history, okay, we, even with more talented teams, okay, the 2013-2014 Heat team still had LeBron. They still had Dwayne, even though he was kind of a shell of himself. They still had Chris Bosh. They sleptwalked through a lot of games in the first half of that season, okay? And that was, season was a frustration, even though they reached the finals. The 06-07 team had more talent, probably, man for man, because you still had Dwayne at the peak of his powers, and you still had Shaq, okay? And that team sleptwalked through the whole damn year until they got swept off the floor against Chicago. The team two years ago sleptwalked a lot. Um, this team is not – they're good, okay? But they have holes, and they have to cover up for their holes with effort. And – you know, we're probably going to do an episode here in the next couple of days on Caleb Martin because I feel like I saw this tweet and maybe it was from Trilly or for somebody else, but I, I agree with it. Caleb's played really well. He's just in the wrong role. Like he's done everything you could expect him to do, but he shouldn't be playing starting power forward. Like exactly. he should be he should be Jimmy's backup and and a jack of all trades off the bench. And on a night like this night, he would start, but they would have a four playing next to him, right? He would start in place of Jimmy, like he did against Milwaukee last year. So we are going to get into how the Caleb experiment has worked through 10 games, but you know he's going to bring effort. You know Struess is going to bring effort. You know Vincent's going to bring effort. You know that Bam will bring effort, but again, maybe not with the aggressiveness that you want offensively. And I will just say this, for the rest of the team, I'm not sure. I, that, that's, you know, that's where you're at. I, I don't I, – I, you know, with a lot of the other guys, I just it's not consistent, okay? The, the reason that Struess and Vincent and Martin stick out so much – is because they're running at a different speed than a lot of the other guys on this team. It's it's noticeable, right? Yeah, it's a good way. I of mean, articulating when Max run, like it's noticeable. Like <laughs> he plays harder, correct? I mean, this is what it looks like. All right, let's get to these three or four more comments here before we go. Because super chat, we always read. Bro, I'm, uh, NBA came back to take the win. Uncalled travel versus Kings now overturning the goaltending call for a clean block. I do think that was a bad call, but. They got the two free throws right after. I think that only cost them two seconds, right? Because the call was overturned, but then they end up getting to the line after that. Or I'm mean, missing something because there was the inbounds after that, right? That was at a. I'll have yeah. to. Look. No, I, yeah, think I think you're that right. Was the Tyler but, yeah, it was but, Tyler I, but to the to the commenter's point, I wish that because Kyle just grabbed the ball and literally just flung it up at the rim and it went in, that they would have just counted that basket and continued to play. Like, why are we doing this? So anyway, no, I, I'm with you on that. But I don't think that ultimately determined. I mean, it cost them two seconds. I don't think that ultimately determined the game. I don't know that they would have run something else with ten seconds as opposed to seven point six seconds if Tyler's intention was to take a fall away thirty footer. I'm not sure. Okay, uh, let's get to three more here. And again, we appreciate the comments uh, that come in here. Manny will throw them up from Jay Smith. Is it wise to rely heavily on Hero's offense for full season? We know Lowry and Jimmy are going to miss games and Tyler may not have it every night. It's not. But where else do you go? I mean, unless Bam is going to take the step of being a consistent 25 point scorer, which we know if you look at Bam's numbers this year, Brady, his numbers are better in the second half of all the games, right? His, his splits yeah. are much better. It takes him a while to kind of get into it. So you're not counting on him. Are, are you going to make Max your primary score? I mean, it's Tyler. That's right. 
Yeah, definitely Tyler. And I want to say, like, we didn't get to talk about Bam enough, but I thought he was the reason they were even in that game at the end. Like, the, the, the lead was falling away, and the offense was stalling. And he had a couple of plays there midway through the fourth where it was like, okay, now they're kind of back in this. He had a, a mid-range jumper. Uh, there was a play that was like totally just out of the way and he threw like a fake handoff and he drove and got an in one and it was like, okay, they have a little bit of life here. Like other than that, the offense has been horrible. So he has that element when, when they don't have Kyle or Jimmy on certain nights, he's going like, you want to expect that type of stuff, but Tyler's still the main element here. Like uh, I thought he still had a pretty decent game other than that one kind of misstep of a game. I don't think there's much of a problem there. They just need uh, shooting. Like, I don't think it's a problem with their number one score tonight. It's problem is just like, having consistent shooting around that number one scorer and it will probably be okay. So uh, I, I don't really have a problem with them getting through the, the season with these kind of uh, nights where they take, take where guys take nights off, which we probably should be expecting Kyle to do so pretty soon. I, at least I'm expecting it to be happening. All right. One of the super chats that came in earlier, I want to make sure we read it uh, from Jason. Uh, this came in a bit ago. I thought Caleb was supposed to be better than PJ offensively. What's the point in starting him if he's going to be giving you PJ numbers offensively? But the numbers are different, though. I I don't think they were expecting Caleb to be a 20-point scorer. It's more cutting. It's more movement off the ball. It's a little bit more versatility. I, I just can't come back to this, Greg. I don't think he's the problem. I, I, think, no. the role, I think the role is the problem. True. And listen, his numbers, he's at eight points, four and a half rebounds. He gets one and a half assists. So it's like contributing a little bit there. 41% from three. He plays defense, high energy, uh, definitely like um, fits with what they need in terms of versatility. So you're totally right. It's just he's out of position in terms of on a night overnight basis. He would be better as that. Uh, utility man off the bench as the Jimmy uh, sub that can play a little bit of three, a little bit of four. So that's his primary role. I think that like to compare, I mean, the numbers are better than PJ Tucker's numbers. Mm. If we're looking at them, like just counting stat wise, but remember Caleb is not supposed to be PJ Tucker. There's supposed to be another player uh, that maybe has a little more acreage that uh, is in the, the role at the four. All right, a few of Highsmith comments are coming in, so I'm just going to get to them. Uh, we are reading your super chat, Jason. We just did. I'm sorry. It just took us a little bit to get to it. We always do. Uh, a bunch of comments about Haywood Highsmith tonight. And I, 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 this is a frustration, I think, that's growing for Heat fans because the, everybody got attached to Jamal Kane and his upside in the preseason. It, it just kind of feels, Brady, like Haywood's just sort of out there running around. <laughs> Is, is that fair? Like, I, I know they ran a lot of stuff through him in summer league, but this is a different role. I mean, you talk about somebody who's supposed to have some PJ Tucker tendencies. It's him, but I don't know. He just, he doesn't look like he has any purpose out there. I think Brady froze. Did you freeze? Okay. I'm back. I'm back. Right. I was good. I was getting ready to say, it because you're a hundred, it's a hundred percent fair uh, to say that because it felt like at times he was just running around out there. Like there was a point where I don't even think he touched the ball in his opening stint. Like I, I literally don't think he touched the ball really that maybe one or two times, but his role was coming in was supposed to be a three and D guy that was limited as an offensive player. Uh, but he's not even hitting the spot up three or being utilized as a spot up threat. So I don't really know what's going on here. Like that's kind of what comes down to. I thought this was a night that was perfect for Jamal King. They literally sent him over, like <laughs> flew him over to Indiana late just so he can get to this game because they were out so many guys that he doesn't even get the opportunity in the ninth man when Haywood Highsmith's looking like that. Like, that's where I kind of thought it was a little bit weird. My question is, if Nikola Jovic is playing tonight, who gets those minutes? Because I kind of think he might have played Haywood Highsmith still. 
Like that's kind of where, where I feel right now. Should he have? Definitely not. Like I do not think that they should keep going to that uh, anyway. When Omar Yurtsevin comes back and they get some of these guys back, we're not going to be looking at this type of play anyway because I think they'll size up on nights when they don't have a guy like that. But right now, uh, when I put something in my takeaways, I was like, the bench is thin right now. Like you look that Omer Yurtsevin and Victor Oladipo were both that were supposed to be a part of their nine-man rotation. Duncan, we were kind of saying on that fringe, and he's kind of was playing fourth quarter minutes the last few nights. Uh, and you keep going down the line. It's like they're just forcing stuff here down the, when you're on the bench. Like their one guy that they had as a go-to threat was Max Struess. Every game this season, mm-hmm. when that offense stalled in the starting lineup, Max came in and got a couple buckets that they needed and kind of just threw things in the right direction. Then you put Max in the starting lineup here, and it's just it's Gabe, Duncan, and Deadman coming in. And if you're, the shooting's not there for them, I just don't know what you do. And then you bring in Haywood, who's not going to be an offensive threat. So uh, I don't know. I, I think I don't see anything wrong with people wanting to see Jamal Kane. I want to see Jamal Kane. Just the, the stuff that we saw, the energy that we saw, the athleticism that we saw. It, I feel like that's the type of guy that can spark games like this in Indiana when things just look so terribly. I mean, Haywood Eisen to me is like paper mache PJ Tucker right now. Like there's just, I, I don't know. There's nothing there. Uh, and I, I, we got a couple of these comments. You mentioned uh, this one came in from Daniel Firesword. I'll just read a couple more here. Do you think they should start Struess instead of Caleb? Have Caleb come off the bench re- replacing Jimmy? The problem with that is exactly what Brady's talking about because Caleb's not going to be a leading scorer for them off the bench. Like it, without Oladipo, th- this is an, a lot of ways an Oladipo problem. And I'm going to, I'm going to come back to this because This team, behind the scenes, everybody I talked to in the organization was hyping Victor Oladipo to me. This is why we're not running it back. Everybody thinks we're running it back. We're not running it back because we're getting a healthy Victor Oladipo who's going to go through training camp with these guys. And now, as I've reported, it's going to be weeks, okay, before we see him again. And, you know, that's the issue because otherwise you could put Struess in the starting lineup, okay, and size up a little bit, get some more scoring, get some more spacing, bring Caleb off the bench. At least you'd have Depot kind of as a primary score off the bench. They don't have that guy now. They don't. And so um, you have to, Struess has to come off the bench. All right. Last one here. We appreciate it. Uh, this one, a super chat comes in from Corbs. We appreciate the dono, donation here. I'm don't know. I'm not used to saying that. Good offensive player. And get a quality shot in under three seconds. Tyler has to get rid of the ball faster if the shot isn't there. I, I will close here because now they're four and six. Now they got to come back and beat Portland on Monday. I thought maybe, yeah, give that one away. And then they got the two against Charlotte, which should be wins, right? Because there's not that much material on that Charlotte team right now. But the final thing here, do you think, do you think even if there had been another play run that Tyler was giving that ball up? Because I don't. No. He was taking that shot. He just right. hit a game winner the other night. I mean, right. and, and you know what? The way he was playing, I want him to get be within that action and maybe most of the time take that shot. So I, I have no problem with it. I just wish there was a little bit more going on around him when that was taking place just because it makes things more interesting with more options. But to your point, uh, as we close, Portland, Charlotte twice, Phoenix, which I know everyone says, oh, Phoenix is scary. When Phoenix comes to Miami, those games can be pretty close. This is a big homestand because then it's Toronto, Washington, Cleveland, and Minnesota on the road. So uh, they got to capitalize on this homestand. So all is not lost. We appreciate everybody with their comments. Uh, we do get to them. They do, even if we don't read them, they kind of inspire future podcasts. We're going to do a podcast on Sunday. Catch that 
on the podcast feeds. Make sure you subscribe there as well. For Greg, for Brady, for our sponsors, Prize Pictures, the code 5FIVE, Aggressive Insurance, insurance by Lynette.com, and ODMPSI.com, ODM Performance Solutions. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.